So we're, we're going to read from John chapter 3, verse 16. If you don't have a Bible, I'm pretty sure you may know it by heart, all right? John chapter 3, verse 16. I'm going to read the King James Version because I love the way it says it, all right? Is that okay? Don't, be, don't hate me. Some of you are like, finally, he's doing it, all right? But anyways, uh, here we go. John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. All right, you can take a seat. And uh, when I was growing up, I don't know if we have any wrestling fans in the house, but I wasn't allowed to watch wrestling when I was a kid because it was from the devil or something like that. And uh, so um, anyway, so I did watch uh, a little bit of wrestling <laughs> to my mother's chagrin. And uh, I remember that one of the wrestlers used John 3.16 as his slo- slogan. You know, if you know what I'm talking about, you know what I'm talking about. All right, so we'll just leave it there. That's all, I always remember that. I'm like, he stole it. All right, I knew where it came from. So today we're going to reflect on a common word that when we, when read in the context of scriptures, uh, is God-breathed, of course. It's a God-breathed text to his people and changes everything. The words that say, God so loved, are amazing. You see, this is a truth uh, that is being passed from one generation to another and on and on throughout history. Now raise your hand if you have any family traditions, especially at Christmas. Anyone? Family traditions, a few of you are actually admitting to it. Okay, thank you very much. Uh, do you have traditions uh, that you keep at other times of the year? Christmas plus other times, anyone? Okay, a few of you. Okay, good. So this year, I have a little tradition. It's actually more of a adjacent tradition than anything. But uh, this year, I thought I'd kick things off in style with a particular Christmas movie-watching tradition. So I started this year with Die Hard. All right? <laughs> That's right. The ones who laugh, no. All right. Okay. It's just, it's good, wholesome Christmas family fun. Don't worry. I did not let my kids watch it. All right. Okay. <laughs> it's uh, definitely, uh, a, it was definitely a good start to the Christmas season. All right. But I have lots of old favorites when it comes to Christmas movies. Does anyone else enjoy Christmas movies? All right. Good, good, good. All right. Don't yell them out. Okay. We'll be going all night or all day into the night. All right. Uh, in fact, uh, I have some favorites, and Arlene, my wife, likes to watch some of these movies with me and, uh, and shows that I, 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 I have, oh man, I don't, I don't know. Do you guys remember the uh, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, the original from like the 60s? That's one of my favorites. Arlene's not interested. She just like pacifies me and sits there for half an hour. Anyways, but um, Arlene uh, watches some of these with me at Christmas, but there are uh, only a few that she'll agree to watch with me. She can't handle some of the silliness in some of the Christmas movies that I enjoy. Anything with Will Ferrell, Arlene won't watch, all right? And so I enjoy certain Will Ferrell ones as well. I shouldn't be name dropping all these famous people. Okay, nothing beats, and Rudolph, okay, nothing beats a good Christmas comedy. Am I right? Okay, okay, you're with me, all right. But as you know, our world has replaced the true meaning of Christmas with things like commercialism and self-indulgence and me-centered mindsets. I was thinking recently, uh, there's a new Star Wars movie uh, coming out in a few weeks. You can't not see commercials. If you watch TV, you can't not see commercials for that movie. You have to try really hard not to get sucked into the promotion. My kids, when they come home from school, they uh, do a bit of homework, and then usually before dinner, they'll watch TV. And my goodness, every once in a while, I'm around to see some of this. It is Star Wars every two to three minutes. And every time the Star Wars commercial comes on, they crank up the volume. 
It just goes through the roof. And I'm like, guys, it is literally the same commercial you watched two minutes ago. Literally the same one, but they still go for it. Oh, it's, I actually love it, so I kind of get teary-eyed. I'm like, it's the last one. Okay, anyways, but, <laughs> oh, man. I get emotional with Star Wars. I don't know what's going on. Okay. Oh, my. Okay. Also, uh, I feel like, uh, so there's, <laughs> we get sucked into these promotional things each year. Also, I feel like some of, some of us, we may be looking forward more to movies or things like that at Christmas then truthfully, the reason why we celebrate, and that's Jesus. That is the reason why we celebrate. We celebrate because of the love that God has for us, his children. He loves us so deeply, and that's why we celebrate. Jesus was and is truly the incredible gift of love. I loved how that uh, video sh- said that at the end. The incredible gift of love, because it's truly amazing. So what I want you to do, uh, we're gonna, we've started with John 3.16. We're going to end with John 3.16. But in the meantime, I want you to turn to 1 John chapter 4, and we're going to start at verse 7. It's uh, all the book of John tonight, br- today brought to you by the book of John, that kind of thing. All right? So it's all John all the time, except if you go into 2nd or 3rd John. Okay. 1 John chapter 4, verse 7. I know you're still flipping, but I'm just going to jump in. It says this, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God. And whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God, because God is love. In this, the love of God was made manifest among us, that God sent his only Son into the world so that we might live through him. In this is love, not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. We're going to skip ahead to verse 19 quickly, and we'll we'll leave it there. We love because he first loved us. We're going to come back to verse 19, and we're going to focus on... Uh, the first portion for now. So today's message, last week our Advent theme was hope. This week our Advent theme is love. And that's what today's message is about. You see, God is love. I'm keeping it simple today. God is love. Love is from God. That's where it originates. You see, you can look the whole world over only to find that God is love. You see, this scripture teaches us that when we love, it proves to us and everyone around us that we know God, that we know God. You see, love is our connection to God. I want you to remember that today. Love is our connection to God. It is the straight line from us to him. It is our journey from A to B. It is from this point to that point. Love is our connection to God. You see, we live in a world, uh, for the most part, uh, it's a wireless world. We do things wirelessly. I'm I'm speaking to you through a wireless microphone. I downloaded uh, the sermon that I prepared this morning from my personal cloud storage to my iPad. Uh, Some of you have gotten text messages, emails, maybe even a phone call during the service here while we've been at church this morning. But you see, wireless is a true and false statement sometimes. You see, it has to be connected to something at some point. 
There has to still be a connection point. Uh, these days, and I have one, wireless phone chargers are all the rage. The truth is they're not actually wireless because you still have to slap your phone onto the pad for it to charge. You don't have to hook a cable in, but you still have to connect it to something. Your cell phone connects to the cell towers you are close to to transmit data. Within those towers are great networks of cables and radios that connect to other transmitting towers across our country and our world. Have you seen the fancy cell phone tower in Sudbury? I want to see if anyone knows about this. It is a big tree. <laughs> and it sticks out. You see it? It sticks out uh, when you're headed down Highway 17 on the south side. And it's so funny because you're like, why is that tree so big over there? And it's not a tree. It's a cell phone tower that is painted and designed like a tree, but it's actually a cell phone tower. So you can look for it next time. Just don't drive off the road. You see, there's networks and cables and radios that connect our phones to these towers that transmit across the world. On a missions trip a few years ago, I took an old logging road. This was preparing me for Espanola, all right? This was in 2015. The Lord knew what was going to happen, so I was getting ready. But I was on a missions trip. I don't feel like I'm on a missions trip here, just so you know. Okay. I was, I was on a missions trip a few, few, few years ago, and I took an old logging road that cuts through the heart of New Brunswick, all right? If you've traveled through New Brunswick, you may have either seen this road or been on this road because there's not that many roads in New Brunswick, all right? And uh, so I, it travels right through the heart of New Brunswick. There's no stops or gas stations on this road for 130-plus kilometers. Don't stop because you'll get eaten by the wolves. Don't uh, Make sure your tank's full of gas because there ain't no gas out there, all right? And literally, it is a humbling feeling. There is nothing. There is nothing out there, all right? It's kind of like that way around here, okay? But uh, one thing that did still work when we were on this road was the GPS on my phone. I had some guidance in this vast darkness of the bush. It was in the, it was, I, was, I was stupid. I was driving a bunch of people from our, the church I was at in the middle of the night through New Brunswick, through the bush. Anyways, and uh, I could see the great stars out there. I was thinking I'm in the wrong place. I had some guidance, though, because of the GPS in the middle of nowhere in New Brunswick. The only thing the GPS didn't know were the two moose that tried to cut me off at the end of the 130 clicks. It's true, they did. They looked at me, and I was scared to death because I'd never seen a moose before, <laughs> just to be honest with you. And uh, anyways, I was like, ah! And the other guys, it was all guys with me. They screamed like girls. And anyways, <laughs> they were from Brampton, so it's like a moment in history. If you, if you saw them, they would say, I was with Pastor Jay when he almost hit the two moose. Okay, in contrast, love constantly connects us. We're in a world that's connected, that's wireless, but love constantly connects us to our Father in heaven. You see, love is proof that God is walking with you. When we are walking in right relationship with God, what comes out is our love relationship with him that we love him that we would do anything for him you see church we must let our light shine before men the scripture painfully reminds us just in the passage we just read in first john it painfully reminds us that if someone doesn't love that they don't know god that's what the scripture says harsh and humbling words for us today but yet still true you see, the incarnation is God's ultimate expression of love. 
The incarnation is God taking on human flesh and becoming the divine God-man, Jesus of Nazareth. I have a quote for you. It says, The incarnation represents God's ultimate expression of love. Those who deny that Jesus came in the flesh, flesh reject God's love for them. Think about that. If we deny that Jesus came in the flesh, we are rejecting God's love for us. You see, Jesus is God's ultimate expression of love towards us, to you and to me. Another commentator wrote, love is not only defined by the sacrifice of Jesus, it is also defined by the giving of the Father. So we learn today that love isn't only sacrificial, but it's giving. In a world that has twisted the meaning of love to be sexual, accepting of everything, even to the point where I'm to be tolerant of all things, otherwise I don't love. But the truth is love has a much greater meaning and purpose. In Jesus' coming, we learn that love is sacrificial and giving. You see, church, remember today, Jesus is the only begotten Son. And that is significant. The fact that he is the only begotten Son is significant. A commentator said this special term means Jesus has a sonship that is unique only and begotten indicates that Jesus and the Father are of the same substance, the same essential being. The words begotten and son are so significant. Romans says in uh, Romans 5 verse 8, but God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. An old theologian once wrote, Strange that God should love in pure, vain, vile dust and ashes. That he has loved us at such a rate, at such an incomparable value, is he has given for us, he has given his own, only beloved, blessed son for us. You see, God's love for us is truly sacrificial and giving. When I think of love, I can't help but think of the eight, some 80s Christian music and it would say, love one another, and stuff like that in fancy beats. <laughs> but church, loving God and loving our neighbor are inextricably tied together. They're connected. You see, the pattern of the scripture tells us to re- receive from God and then give to others just as the Lord has given towards us. John 13, verse 14 says, If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. You see, church, Jesus always levels the playing field. He makes it so that anyone can come to him, find rest, and be forgiven of everything. One of the uh, thoughts that God's really been speaking to me the last few months is that and I, I didn't believe it otherwise, but I just feel like sometimes our world pushes back at this. But God forgives us of everything. <laughs> he forgives us of everything. Sometimes I wonder if Paul, John, Ringo, and George knew a little bit about this when they wrote, all you need is love. All you need is love. All you need is love, love. Love is all you need. 
You see, church, God is love. My second point and final one for today, I got it down to two, church. I'm doing, I was at seven last week, I think. So I'm on a, I'm record pace. Watch out. Next week will be like 15 to make up the difference. All right. Number two is this. Our first point was God is love. Our second one is this. We love him. First John 4 verse 19, I said we'd come back to it. It says this, we love because he first loved us. I used to get annoyed with the common, simple scriptures in the Bible. I wanted to find ones, I thought I was special or something, I wanted to find ones that were hidden, that not everyone would talk about. I thought there were some deep scriptures that someone hadn't found. But church, as I grow older, as I reflect on the coming birth of Christ in this Christmas season that we are in, I'm reminded of this truth today. For God so loved that he sent his son. And that as I've just read, we love because he first loved us. The truth is, church, he loves us unconditionally. Do you know that I can't love everyone in this room unconditionally? No way. <laughs> no way. You probably can't love me unconditionally. That's the truth be told. But we know God loves us because of what he's offered to you and me. You see, God demonstrates his love by offering salvation through Jesus, his son. God in flesh. Charles Spurgeon said this, this is a fact for every true follower of Jesus. There is no exception to this rule. If a man loves not God, neither is he born of God. And then he says, show me a fire without heat. Then show me regeneration that does not produce love to God. I was reminded last night of the fire of the Holy Spirit upon someone's life. A deep desire to pursue the things of God at a deep level that truthfully I would strive towards. Church, can I be bold this morning? Let me ask you this question. Is there fire within you? God, is there fire within me? You see, you're going to hear these words in 2020 a lot. They aren't our theme necessarily. They'll become our theme. But these are the words you're going to hear a lot. You're going to hear two words, regenerate and regeneration. You're going to hear that a lot in 2020. Church, I believe that 2020 will be one of the most, if not the most significant year in the history of our church. Oh, Pastor Jay, you don't know what you're talking about. Watch out, because i got something coming. Let me just say that much, all right? I believe that it will be one of the, if not the most significant year in the history of our church. You see, today your flame may feel like it's more of a flicker than a fire raging out of control. Because we love God. A refiner's fire will regenerate and produce love for God. That's what it will do. You see, and I've, seen a, I've seen a lot of hard hearts since I came to Espanola. But the Lord Jesus is ready to unleash the greatest force this town has ever seen. 
lies and fear and hate and jealousy and gossip, double-mindedness, rage, must and will bow down at the feet of Jesus. Why? Why, church? Why is that true? Because he first loved us. That's why. You see, Jesus was and is that indescribable gift of love. I prepared a special video this morning, Abby, if you could roll it when you're ready. begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. I want us all to say it together. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Why I read uh, John 3.16 uh, in the King James Version is because of Billy Graham. <laughs> and I don't know about you, but when I read it, and this is just a sign of our times, but when I read it, I hear his voice. I don't even hear mine. <laughs> and uh, so that's why I wanted to share that with you today. That's a special uh, recording for me. It's, it's available to everyone. It's not private in any way, but I wanted to share it. For God so loved the world. I, I'm tired of excuses. I'm tired of reasons why. I'm tired of. I'm tired of running around having programs in our church and. Why? For God so loved the world. Church, I want us to start to think a little differently in 2020. I don't want any more arguments or any more backhanded comments about music, uh, about the color of the floor, the chairs we use, whether I have a pulpit or a table, whether I wear jeans or dress pants, whether I uh, speak in a way that you like or don't like, whether you like the way that the church is run or don't like it, whether you like the color of the bricks or you don't like it, whether you like that we use uh, hot lights instead of cool lights, that we use Christmas trees instead of no Christmas trees, that Pastor Jay played his electric guitar, how dare he, that I'm making up junk right now, but that we use water bottles on the stage. I, if I've offended you, I, I... For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. That whosoever believeth in him should not perish, 
but have everlasting life. There are people that aren't here today that should be. And it's not because they're away on vacation or they have something else to do. No, there's people I know that are at home. Some of them are your family members, children, spouses, whatever, nieces, nephews, grandkids. They're at home sleeping, watching TV, I don't know, whatever. They should be here. And this, I'm not saying it to create any guilt trip on anyone. That's not my intention. Because you know what? This isn't your problem. This is our problem. And I don't care if Espinola's never seen a great move of God. I don't care that uh, sometimes the pastors get run out of town because of the crazy drinking water here. I don't care that uh, one pastor got shot when he was deer hunting by accident. I don't care about that stuff. The truth is, I've been sharing this with my wife for the last few months. When I pick up my kids at school, when I go to home hardware, when I go to Giant Tiger, I never thought I'd shop there anyways. When I go to these places, I see people that I know that are my neighbors, that are your neighbors, that are your children, that are your children's children. And I don't see their sin. I don't see what's keeping them from God. What I see is God's calling on their life. That that one is a worship leader. That that one is a small group leader. That that one would work in our children's program. That that one would be raising men of God. So church, this is a different year coming. I'm, I'm blowing 2020 already. But this is a different year. I'm not settling anymore. You're not settling anymore. We're not going to put guilt trips. We're not going to uh, trick people. We're not going to uh, be backhanded. We're not going to be double-minded. We're going to be focused that God will bring restoration and healing and set people free. And that he's going to do it in and through us. And that it's not going to just be Queensway, but that all the other churches in town will begin to increase in Jesus' name. That there won't be conversations of closure or that we can't have that thing anymore in that church. But know that we would look to see people coming to Jesus. Church, I'm tired of the excuses. When I was a youth pastor in Toronto, you had to be a millionaire to live in the neighborhood that I youth pastored in. Now, that's not hard in Toronto, but like multi-millionaire. <laughs> I would drive through the neighborhoods and I would think, that is only a dream. And it was true. It was only a dream. No kids from those neighborhoods came to my youth group. The kids that came were from across the city, mainly from the suburbs. I used to charge this. I did this. I would come up with excuses for myself. I wouldn't tell a lot of people, probably anyone. I would come up with excuses why we didn't have this happening at our youth group or that happening. And it was always based on, well, it's hard for people to get here. It's hard for people to, to bring their kids for a youth program. It's hard to uh, get kids to be committed these days. It's hard. I, would, like, I came up with every excuse in the book. I did it with a pure heart. I wasn't intending to be negative or anything. But I look back, and I, and I actually would network with other churches to see if they had ideas of what we could do. I would try different things. 
the other churches were worse. Like, I thought I was discouraged. They were like, I don't even know why I get up in the morning. That's what the other youth pastors would say. You know, they'd come to youth. There'd be one kid there. I'd be thinking, dude, there's a million people in your neighborhood. You should be able to find more than one. But the truth is we came up with excuses. In 2013, I went to a church in Africa. I've shared this many times before. And what I found, yes, a different culture. Yes, the other side of the world. Yes, a different social scene, blah, blah, blah. But here's what I found. A church that should be in abject poverty was one of the greatest churches in the world. So I began to think, if they can do it, then we can do it too. And so church, I believe that, you know, we, we already push numbers in our church with attendance and at programs that are the max of what our church has seen historically. We already do that on a regular basis. But church, I am ready for much more. I am ready for much more. And it's not to make me look good. It's not to make Pastor Katie look good. It's not to make the board look good. It is to make Jesus known in this region. Church, there is a heaven and there is a hell. And if you believe that, I need you on my side. I need you to come along with me. We are going on a journey. We're going to believe that this is so many things this coming year, but this is the year of the Lord. That's what we're believing. And if the devil tries to attack us and take some of us out, we're just going to shout victory. We're going to say, finally, he's taking notice of us. And we're going to start to kick down some doors and to take some ground. And I'm not going to just sit by and let us just coast into eternity, but I'm going to ask us to rise up and to do something that we've never done before. And we're going to make it much more than just a, a, an uplifting sermon or a, a moment where we feel good. No, we are going to demand that, God, would you send your rain down on this place? Would you send your Holy Spirit to come down? God, I, be I believe today that you're speaking, Lord. Church, I believe that the Lord in these last few years has been preparing us for such a time as this. He's bringing us together. He's molding us into something beautiful. I've told you before that I believe that every single person that needs to be uh, present to start a great awakening of God in this region is right here. He's right here. We don't need to go out and find more people. We don't need to get the vans and trick people that are at Canadian Tire and bring them into church. Oh, no, we don't need to do stuff like that. Because what does the Scripture say? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That's what the word of the Lord says. We love because he first loved us.